welcome to the ninth episode of Prophecies and Butterbeer, a podcast about Percy Jackson, Harry Potter, and much more. I'm your host, Mira, and this week I'll be doing a chapter analysis for chapters 13 through 15 of The Lightning Thief, the first book in the Percy Jackson and the Olympians series. Okay, so we have, so for these chapters, we have some, we have like, a fi- well, not a filler chapter. It does seem like a filler chapter. It's not, but like we have some, we have some Percy jumping off an arch action. Um, we have some Percibeth action. And, uh, and what else do we have? I think, I do not know. Like, it. wait, what do we have? This is a legitimate question. I do not remember what we have in... Oh, yeah, just a filler chapter. Okay, so we have just... We have... So we have Percy jumps off an arch. Filler chapter. Percy Beth action. Aries. So, let's let's do that. <laughs> okay, so we're starting off with chapter 13. Um, which I feel like... I feel like I should have bookmarked this a while ago. I am horrible about bookmarking stuff. I should. I really should. Do I? No. Um, so that's what we're going to do now. And we did it. Okay, so basically, so we have <laughs> chapter 13, I plunged to my death. Um, okay, so basically, um, so they're, so they're just like, they're just vibing on a train, um, for two days, like, I don't know how they, just on a train, he just casually says, yeah, we were on a train for two days, like, what, two days, oh my god, okay, anyways, so then, um, Percy is, like, really restless, and he's nervous, like, because monsters, and also, he has, he has ADHD, so he's just, like, you know, all over the place, he's just, like, mm, can't sit still, which, like, I can, I can relate, um, actually somebody one of my friends can be listening to this being like uh no actually you've sat and stayed silent for like i don't know two hours so i know this can happen somebody's gonna say it so uh i'm gonna just retract that statement anyways but it it it, it occasionally happens where i just can't sit still so yeah um so basically he's also he's like all over the news which like how how is some just random 12 year old boy all over the news like we have these actual crimes being committed and they're like and they barely they don't even make headlines and then you have this 12 year old boy which i mean i guess like kind of big because it's because he's 12 but like i don't know anyways also like new york has like a really high crime rate like like they this can't be like um the biggest Thing. like this can't be yeah so it it recently just jumped up like 58 percent yeah yeah it recently jumped up like 58 percent the the crime rate 
just recently, like three days ago. So yeah, it like I, to be fair, this is in two thousand five. So like I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, so um. Annabeth, Annabeth and Percy are chatting, and she mentions how Percy was sleep talking. So, um, she and about like how he wouldn't help somebody, he wouldn't help do that or anything. And Annabeth's like, "Okay, what's going on?" And Percy's like, "Okay, fine," and just caves and tells her everything. And then Annabeth says that it can't be Hades because he always appears on a this throne and like you know because he's all like he's all fancy like that you know. Uh, he will not appear um in dreams unless he's just decked out the the cape of death you know everything goth king <laughs> no actually that title belongs to nico um i guess godly goth king you know he's the he's the og he's the og goth <laughs> he's the og emo oh my goodness okay well anyways like Nobody forget like anything that in the two thousands like Hades was out there being emo even when it wasn't cool even though it was never cool but like you get it so um basically but also why does Annabeth know this um a- Annabeth you good <laughs> like why are you having dreams about Hades Le- legitimately um anyways so. Annabeth says to be careful, and, like, he can be very dangerous, like, bargaining for his mom, and he, and Percy asks what she would do, and she says she would, like, if, if her dad was in his mom's position, and he, she was in his position, and she would say, and she said, I would leave him to rot, which gives, like, that one line from, from Legally Blonde, <laughs> I'm legally blonde and I'm going off the musical right now because I um I watched like a fourth of the movie and then I don't know what happened um and I just and when Callahan's like it's like Miss Kings Miss Kingsington what would you do if like um if this girl walks into your class who hasn't reviewed any other material and you like it's a very prestigious class what would you and then and then um she says and i I don't know why I forgot her name all of a sudden, but King, Kensington, she's like, um, she's like, I, I throw her out, just like completely blunt. I don't know why they just got off the same vibe. Um, anyways, no, I, I don't think anybody will get that. I think there's like a very small, like, like, I think this is a very, very small, like, Vivian, it's Vivian. Yeah, okay, so Viv- it was Vivian who was like, you know, uh, I-, I throw her out, just like completely blunt. I think there's a very small percentage of people who will get that. Um, only people who are very obsessed with 2000s movies or are obsessed with musical theater, uh, either one. Anyways, so basically, um, uh, so we're just going to, you know, do a little quick um, reading because we're doing more of those now because... I have no energy. Um, <laughs> that that sounds that sounds bad. But anyways, um, so this is basically Annabeth doing a little more like exposition about her life and her deal. Um, so okay, so Percy's asking, "What would you do if it was your dad?" That's easy, she said. I'd leave him to rot. 
not serious, Annabeth's grey eyes fixed on me. She wore the same expression she'd worn in the woods at camp the moment she drew her sword against the hellhound. My dad's resented me since the day I was born, Percy, she said. He never wanted a baby. When he had, when he got me, he asked Athena to take me back and raise me on Olympus because he was too busy with his work. She wasn't happy about that. She told him heroes ha- had to be raised by their mortal parent. But how, I mean, I guess you weren't born in the hospital. I appeared on my father's doorstep in a golden cradle, carried down from the Olymp- uh, from Olympus by... I'm not even going to try. The West Wind. You'd think my dad would remember that as a miracle, right? Like, maybe he'd take some digital photos or something. But I always talked about my arrival as if it was the most inconvenient thing that had ever happened to him. When I was five, he got married and totally forgot about Athena. He got a regular mortal wife and had two regular mortal kids and tried to pretend I didn't exist. I stared out the train window. The lights of, of, sleeping ta- of a sleeping town were drifting by. I wanted to make Annabeth feel better, but didn't know how. My mom married a really awful guy, I told her. Grover said that she did it to protect me, to, hi- to hide me in the scent of a human family. Maybe that's what your dad was thinking. Annabeth kept throwing on her, spraying in uh, her necklace. She was pinch. She was pinching the gold collar ring that hung, that hung with her beads. It occurred, it it occurred to me that the ring must be her father's. I wondered, I wondered why she wore it if she hated him so much. He doesn't care about me, she said. His wife, my stepmom, treated me like a freak. She wouldn't let me play with her children. My dad went along with her. Whenever something dangerous happened, you know, something with the monsters, they would look at me resentfully, like, how dare you put our family at risk? Finally, I took the hint. I wasn't wanted. I ran away. How old were you? Same marriage as when I, as when I started camp. Seven. And that is <laughs> a lot. A lot to unpack there. First off, I, okay, so this is, like, a bit of a spoiler, but, like, um, her dad seems extremely nice, so I'm just, like, wondering, how did such a nice dude, I'm just, okay, like, again, I'm, like, signing with Percy, it's, like, we don't think Annabeth is, like, I don't, I personally don't think Annabeth is, like, in the wrong, she's not lying about it, but also, like, her dad, her dad seems so nice, I don't know, um, anyways, so, yeah, so Annabeth, they're passing the gateway arch, and then Annabeth's like, I want to see that. And she mentions how she must be an architect. And so they visit the arch, and Grover, and Grover says that um, through all the underground smells, um, he can't smell any monsters because it's underground. So um, they got on an elevator with an old lady and her dog to head up to, like, a second floor or something. So um, they did some sightseeing, and, and then they... Um, they went back to the elevator, but there wasn't enough room for Percy. So um, he was like, you know what, it's fine. I'll just wait for the next one. And then so he's left alone with a family of um, mom and dad and this, and this little boy. And then the old lady and her dog. So um, basically, what happens next? <laughs> you, the old lady and her dog immediately. Just, you know. The chihuahua, um, it's a chihuahua by the way, transforms into the chimera. Um, and the old lady is actually Echidna, the mother of all monsters. So, I didn't, I mean, I, I didn't know a whole lot. I didn't know that Echidna is an animal, um, because I watched Wildcrats as a kid. <laughs> Not Sapumafu, Wildcrats. Um, <laughs> and basically, what, what happened, so, okay, so, 
she was apparently just like a half she's apparently a half woman half snake and she lived alone in a cave and then she i do know that she was like um with typhon and they created a bunch of different monsters you know so yeah she is kind of she's we don't have noticed the gods seem to create more monsters like from their Iker or Iker, they seem to create more monsters. Hmm, just something to point out. Anyways, so um, the so basically, the, uh, what happens next is um, Percy. Percy just immediately says, "Isn't that some ant eater?" And like, obviously, just like Percy, every single time is just like immediately offending the monster to make them attack more. Like, so he's obviously attacked, and then except he's like immediately beat. He loses his sword and like they like they break like part of the part of the railing and it, it gets tossed into the Mississippi River down below and he's cornered and then finally he makes a decision he jumps off the ledge and into the river before right right after praying to Poseidon to help him and that is where the chapter ends just him falling off like oh my god chapter four so moving on to chapter fourteen I become a, a known fugitive. So, um, he lands at the river, and then he realizes that he can breathe underwater, which is pretty cool. So, Owen's voice, uh, starts talking to him, which, we're gonna do another reading, because it's like, I, listen, I make annotations for this, and I just want you to understand, there's too much, too much of this. Like, there's so much, it's exhausting. Like, y'all have no idea. How just it's okay. Anyways, so basically, there not five feet in front. Of, so we're starting off with him like trying to find a sword. So there, not five feet in front of me, was my sword. It's gleaming bronze hilt sticking up out of the mud. I heard that woman's voice again. Percy, take the sword. Your father believes in you. This time, I knew the voice wasn't in my head. I wasn't imagining it. Her words seemed to come from everywhere, rippling through the water like dolphin sonar. Where are you? I called aloud. Then, through the groom, gloom, I saw her. A woman the color of water. A ghost in the current. Floating just above the sword. She had long, billowing hair, and her eyes, barely visible, were green like mine. A lump formed in my throat. I said, Mom? No, child. Only a messenger. Though your mom, mother's fate is not as hopeless as you believe. Go to the beach in Santa Monica. What? It is your father's will. Before you descend to the underworld, you must go to Santa Monica. Please, Percy, I cannot stay long. The river is too foul for my presence. But I was but I was sure this woman was my mother, or a vision of her anyway. Who how did you there was so much I want to ask. The words jammed up in my throat. I cannot stay, brave one, the woman said. She reached out and felt the current brush up against my face like like a caress. You must go to Santa Monica. And Percy, do not trust the gifts. Her voice faded. Gifts? I asked, what gifts? Wait. She made one more attempt to speak, but the sound was gone. Her image melted away. If it was my mother, I had lost her again. I felt like drowning myself. The only problem was, I was immune to drowning. Your father believes in you, she said. She ought to call me brave, unless she was talking to the catfish. Oh my, I... Okay. So, I'm pretty sure this is like a dryad or something. Nymph or something, water nymph. Um, so yeah. And just a messenger, but like the fact that she, why does I don't know what can they just mimic people? Can, it's like 
all these deities can just mimic people that you love or hate or whatever. Very interesting. Anyways. So, um, he leaves the river to see Annabeth and Grover, um, and an ambulance, and several ambulances, and the police, and the mom is actually getting, like, taken out on, um, on, like, a, I just, on a stretcher, on a stretcher, and she's, and she's babbling, she's like, oh my god, it was like a, a chimera, and it, it was like chihuahua, and it breathes fire, and, and it was like, the, she was like, there's a boy there, and it's like, oh, look, he's right there, and then they're like, oh, time to go, time to go. When they leave the arch and they, um, and they leave the arch and just starts leaving, there's a news reporter who's saying, yes, the boy that up there who may, probably caused the explosion, um, has been identified as Percy Jackson. So, and they, no, and now the entire country knows that he's traveling west, and that's a problem. So, now we're moving on to The Lightning Thief, chapter 15. A, a god, a god buys us cheeseburgers. So, um, they arrive in Denver and decide to iris message Chiron. And, um, and basically to, y'all who are reading along with me, iris messaging is when you use, um, you use a water or mist, um, and you are, and if you, uh, like, to create, like, a rainbow, and if you, throw a gold drachma into the mist, then you will be connected to Iris messaging, which is something run by um by the goddess Iris, who's the goddess of rainbows, and you can basically just chat with people or whatever. It's like video calling, but Iris messaging. <laughs> um so instead Luke picks up and we're doing another reading because <sighs> you know. Anyways, so we're doing this is just, it's so many readings. It's so many. But, you know what? It's okay. Um, anyways, so, okay. Then I was looking through the mist at Strawberry Fields and the Long Island, the Long Island Sound in the distance. We seemed to be on a porch at the big house. Standing with, standing with his back to us at the railing was a sandy-haired guy in shorts and orange tank top. He was holding a bronze sword and seem, seemed to be staring intently at something down in the meadow. Luke, I called. He turned, eyes wide. I could swear he was standing three feet in front of me through, through a screen of mist, except I could only see the part of him that appeared in the rainbow. Percy, his scarred face broke into a grin. Is that Annabeth too? Thank God. Are you guys okay? We're, uh, fine. Annabeth stammered. She was ma- madly straightening her dirty t-shirt, trying to comb the loose hair out of her face. We thought, Chiron, I, I mean... He's down at the cabins. Luke's mouth faded. We're having some issues with the campers. Listen, is everything cool with you? Is Grover all right? I'm right here, Grover called. He held the nozzle out to one side and stepped into Luke's line of vision. What kind of issues? Just then, a big, a, a big Link, Lincoln co- Continental pulled into the car wash with its stereo turned to maximum, turned to maximum hip-hop. As the car slid into the next stall, the bass from the subwoofers vibrated so much it shook the pavement. Chiron had to... What's that noise? Luke yelled. I'll take care of it. Annabeth yelled back, looking very relieved to have an excuse to get out of sight. Grover, come on. What? Grover said. But give Percy the nozzle and come on, she ordered. Grover muttered something about girls being harder to understand than the Oracle of Delphi. Then he handed me the spray gun and followed Annabeth. I readjusted the hose so I could keep the rainbow going and still see Luke. Chiron had to break up a fight. Luke shouted to me over the music. Things are pretty tense here, Percy. 
Words le- word leaked out about Zeus, about the Zeus Poseidon standoff. We're still not sure how. Probably the same scumbag who summoned the Hellhound. Now the campers are trying to take sides. It's shaping up like the Trojan War all over again. Aphrodite, Ares, and Apollo are backing Poseidon, more, more, more or less. Athena is backing Zeus. I shudder to think that Clarissa's cabin would ever be on my dad's, on my, on my dad's side for anything. In the next stall, I heard Annabeth and some guy arguing with each other. Then the music volume decreased drastically. So what's your status? Luke asked me. Chiron will be sorry he missed you. I told him pretty much everything, including my dreams. It felt so good to see him, to feel like I was back at camp, even for a few minutes. That I didn't realize how long how long I had talked to the beeper went off the, on the spray machine, and I realized I only had one more minute before the water shut off. I wish I could be there, Luke told me. We can't help much from here, I'm afraid, but listen. It had to be Hades who took the master bolt. He had he was there on at Olympus on the winter solstice. I was chaperoning a field trip and we saw him. The Chirons said the gods can't can't take each other's magic items directly. That's true, Luke said, looking troubled. Still, Hades says to hold in darkness. How could anybody sneak into the throne room and steal the mas- master bolt? You'd have to be invisible. We were both silent until Luke seemed to realize what he said. Oh hey, he proposed. I didn't mean Annabeth. She and I have known each other forever. She would never. I mean, she's like this little sister to me. I wonder if Annabeth would like the description. In the stall next to us, the music stopped completely. A man screamed in terror. Car door slammed, and the Lincoln peeled out of the car wash. You better go see what that was, said Luke. Said, "Listen, are you wearing flying shoes? I'll feel better knowing, no, no. I'll feel better if I know they've done, they've done you some good. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. I try not to sound like a guilty liar. Yeah, they've come in handy." Really? He grinned. They fit in everything? The water shut off. The mist started to evaporate. Well, take care of yourself out, out there in Denver. Luke called, his voice again fainter, and tell Grover it'll be better this time. Nobody will get turned to a pine tree if he just... But the mist was gone, and Luke's image fade, faded into nothing. First off, Percy. It felt so good to see him again. We're not gonna... We're not gonna... <laughs> We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about it. Okay. Anyways, so um, after that, they go to a restaurant to eat. And um, just as they're about to, and the woman asks them how they're going to pay, the waitress. And just about the, as they're about to reply, um, a man walks into a restaurant. He's riding a most- motorcycle and looks like really grungy. You know, that sort of thing. Like, he has flames painted on his motorcycle. That vibe. So, basically, he and he walks in, and he's like, I'll pay for the food. And then, eventually, he Percy figures out that it's Ares, and then Ares tells them that he, that he needs them to retrieve his shield from a water park. Specifically, in a ride called the Tunnel of Love. So, um, Annabeth and Percy... So Annabeth and Percy are, so at first they're like, uh, Percy's like, uh, no, I don't want to do this. But Annabeth's like, come on, we have to do this. And they're like, fine. So then they go to the water park and Annabeth and Percy are trying to retrieve the shield from the Tunnel of Love, which was like, it looks pretty easy at first, but there's always a catch, you know? Um, and Percy accidentally activates something, causing cameras to be revealed and a swarm of metal spiders to be released. And Annabeth is arachnophobic, um, which we get to know why a bit later um and then they're like oh my god they're freaking out and about this like useless because um, she's just like panicking and percy's like oh, grover pull the lever and grover pulls the lever and it's like oh my god this it's like <laughs> wrong lever crunk 
Anyways, so, um, basically, Annabeth, uh, sorry, Grover releases the water, and, um, they're, like, it's, like, going full speed, and they're about to crash into the very, into the end, to wall, um, and so then, like, Annabeth's, like, okay, uh, Percy's, like, on my count, and then it's, like, no, on my count, I'm smart, and then they're, like, and then, like, and then she's, like, now, and they jump, and they make it, except, uh, they jumped too much, and they land on Grover, they fall into something, and they're just like, oh, oh god, that hurt. Okay, I guess we're fine. Because <laughs> they can bounce back from anything. Um, and now, Percy is really mad, because it turns out Hephaestus had settled up, and Ares had set him up, and his friends up, as like a cruel joke. Because the, the cameras were going to be live broadcasted to Olympus. And they were meant to catch Ares and Aphrodite on a date, but instead they ca- they caught. Per- they instead Ares tried to trick them, you know. So Percy's mad, and he's ready to face Ares because he's not having this. And that is where we end the chapter. So <laughs> I guess that's all for this week. Um, and by the way, I am going to be having a special guest next week for the next several episodes. So. Um, stay tuned for that. Um, come back next Monday when I analyze chapters sixteen through sixteen through eighteen of *The Lightning Thief*. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Prophecies and Butterbeer. Prophecies and Butterbeer is produced by Holler Studios and Mira. Our producer and sound engineer is Chris Hartman, and our host is Mira Fox. For more information about this podcast, head to our website, howlerstudios.org. Hey.